Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Independent TD Michael Healy Ray has hit out at the Green Party for coming up with a nonsensical, unworkable suggestion to help people cope with the soaring cost of living. The Green Party Senator Roisin Garvey has called for people to take up car sharing. Of course, this is an idea back in, what, 2019 that Eamon Ryan suggested, for example, that a village of 300 people only needs 30 cars to operate. I don't know if Eamon Ryan's living in the real world or not, but seemingly he is. Anyway, um, well, to speak to me more about it is Michael Healy Ray. He joins me on the line. Michael, good afternoon to you. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your show, Niall. And I appreciate the opportunity just to explain my understanding of this situation. For example, when it comes to car sharing, when I was young and started out going to football matches, and again, of course, this wasn't politically correct. It probably wasn't legal or anything like that. But a local man who used to take us to the matches, and he didn't have any car himself, yeah. he used to engage in a thing called flagging down cars. What that was, he'd literally, we'd all meet at a lo- local location in our village, and the whole team would be there, and he'd stand out on the road, and he'd flag down a car mm-hmm. And as many of us as could fit in, and that could be five, or it could be two. Oh, they were the days when people yes. sat on people's laps in the back and, of a and, car, and, yes. And got into the boot. Yeah, and the there boot. was no problem in the world. So we were car sharing before anybody was telling us to do it. Because because we did it when it was practical and sensible. And, we, and all, well, we also did it at a time, Michael, where not everybody had a car. Nowadays, yeah, most people have two cars in a garden. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. But my point now is, if you and I are heading in a direction going to work, if it's sensible for you and I to share a car, of course we will do it. But we don't need a politician coming along telling us what to do because we're not stupid. And we don't need people, number one, to tell us to plant lettuce on south-facing windows. In. We don't <laughs> he did, he did do that during the pandemic, we, all right, yes, in the doll. Yeah. We don't need a person to tell us that we should introduce wolves into Ireland. We don't need a person to tell us that we should have uh, a number of little cars and we should all cycle or walk to the local village and that we'd get on great. Wouldn't I look nice walking to the local village and and putting out my thumbs in and trying to hit for Dublin? I mean... Well, you're still... You're you're, you're getting on, Michael, like myself, but you're still a fit man. A good walk wouldn't do you any harm. (laughs) But these type of suggestions, they, they destroy any credibility if they had any left... But unfortunately, they don't. And when a person has nothing good to say, they shouldn't come out with idiotic suggestions telling people in a nanny state type of scenario, like what happened the other day, that we should all take shorter showers and that would help us. Oh, well, and another thing... Well, we were also about, shorter journeys, drive, sl- drive slower. That was another one, drive slower. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm trying to say is People will use their common sense, but at the end of the day, the main thing that I'm trying to get across to the government is we are all very worried about the environment. We are all very concerned to make sure that we protect it, enhance it, and have something good for future generations. But I'm also worried about mom. Mom's purse next Friday evening when mom is trying to run her house and when she's trying to pay the oil, pay the gas, run the car, send the children to school, pay for education, higher education, and just leave. And what about the older people? I relayed um, already today a very kind, nice man, and I hope you could just give me 30 seconds to tell this story. Okay. He, he told me I could use his name, but I won't do that. He said, name me inside the doll if you like. He said, he's living in a housing estate in Calabria. 
this is a very nice, kind, hard-working man. Getting a little bit older now, he might be nearer 70 than 60. He has a special daughter in the house. She has, uh, unfortunately, as a child, she only has the sight of one eye, and she has a number of other health difficulties. I know his house very well. What's inside his house is coal and timber to heat that house. Now, this man, you may as well be talking about gobbledygook to go telling this man to retrofit his house. It is nonsense to tell that man that he'll get a grant of 25000 because to get the grant, he'd have to have 60000 to do the rest of the work. This man doesn't have the money to buy the next bag of coal. And why he was ringing me was he was saying, Michael, he said, I ask you, will you please stand up in the doll and tell those people there, he said, how much a bag of coal is costing at present. Tell them how difficult and how expensive it is for me to buy my little bags of timber. He tries to, you know, make the coal go longer mm-hmm. by putting a few course, blocks yeah, of timber yeah. with it. And now that I think we can all, visu- we can actually all, the way you've explained that, Michael, was wonderful. I think we can all visualise the inside of his home. Yes. I can almost smell the fire burning. Yes. Yeah. And, and this man, he keeps his house nice and clean and as good as he can. There's no lady in the house because unfortunately his wife is dead with many years. And he's just trying to struggle. And like he said to me, I go from week to week. And I had nothing to spare before these increases. Before the ESP went up, he doesn't have a car, quite simply because he can't afford to have a car. But this man is struggling. And what he said to me, is anybody inside the doll thinking of people like me, he said. And is anybody standing up for me and talking about me, he said. Because he said, I'm worried about the environment as well. But he said, I have to live and mind my daughter while I'm here. And I think that an awful lot of the grandiose ideology, how do you say, like Mm -hmm. the ideology behind what people are thinking about that well, the next 50 years, the next 100 years. Of course, and I'm not, I'm not for one second trying to say I'm a climate change denier. You know I'm not. I know I you're not. Saying, no. I, I know you're not. Science. You just have a slightly I different respect. view of it than everybody else. Yes, yeah, a different I respect, solution. I respect educated people who have studied climate and climate change. I respect the, 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 the time and energy and, and brains that they have given to this subject. But they have to respect the living. They have to respect yes, so, and, and, and I think it would be fair to say, Michael, that people need a quality of life. And of course, Eamon Ryan wants, as somebody texted in, says Eamon Ryan wants to economise. Meanwhile, we're getting one CMO for the price of two, only in Ireland. Yes, and we are getting one CMO for the price of two at the moment, because obviously that's one of the big debates today, that Tony Holland is now being paid by the HSE and not by Trinity College. But in relation to what Eamon Ryan is saying, the suggestion is maybe his heart is in the right place. But is he really fit for purpose? And does he really, is he disconnected from the Irish people, particularly rural Ireland? Ireland. Is he disconnected when he starts talking about, you know, everybody moving to electric cars when firstly we don't have the infrastructure or the money, retrofitting when you rightly pointed out uh, at the example you gave, which is just an example of many people around the country living that in those type of conditions who have no idea what retrofitting is, will never be able to afford it, even the half that they will have to pay if they get a grant. I mean, is he living in the real world, Michael? Well, what I've always said publicly, because I never would attack a person's character or their ability to do their job or anything like that, I'm sure that Eamon Ryan is a very nice, decent uh, man and a kind man. But and his kindness though is is forgetting about an awful lot of people. Because when he talks about the green agenda and protecting the environment, he talks about farmers, for instance, as if they're somebody who is against the environment. Mm. Remember, our farmers are the custodians of the environment. I know many farmers who have uh, parts of forestry and then hedge grows. They're 
They're the people who are, who are enhancing the environment. They're reducing our carbon. They're the people who were told over the last 25 years to put in slurry pits, to put down concrete, to make sure there'd be no runoff going into streams. They're the people who, when they're opening drains, they make sure that they're, they don't connect the drains directly into water courses. They're doing everything that they're advised, advised by good organisations, such as TAGAS, the IFA, the ICMSA. They're taking all good farming advice and they're operating their farms in a good and proper way. But at the end of the day, his efforts are misguided and the Green Party's efforts are misguided in that they're leaving too many people behind. And they're, they're, they're hell-bent now in the month of May. And I want you and your listeners to make sure that you realise this is going to happen. There's going to be further carbon taxes put through. Well, he's been asked to waiver these already or certainly to put them forward or suggest maybe they leave it till next year. But he seems adamant that he these is? charges will be collected. And he said this will help, of course, to pay social welfare bills. It will help to pay other stuff. And, and you know, it's not. it doesn't look like it's being ring-fenced, particularly, by the way, for climate. And I'm pleading with him. And remember, it's not just him, because he's been aided and abetted. He could do nothing. He's powerless. He, he, he can't well, do anything. Well, he's not with, powerless. With, he's no, the no, one who's no, making the decision, no, isn't he? No, 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 but sorry, just let me finish the sentence. He's powerless without the backing of Fianna Fáil and Fáil. And it's that trio who are able to do anything. They have the power. They can do anything they like. And provided that he has the backing, which he seems to have at present. So I'm pleading with him. I'm pleading with Fianna Fáil, with Fáil, with the backbenchers. I'm asking them to think of disabled people who are living in the type of houses that I'm speaking about, who have no other options, older people. But, 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 we, but Michael, it's not just the disabled people. There are people all over Ireland. And yes. as you well know, uh, next month's paycheck is paying the mortgage and, and they're living one paycheck away from poverty. And, and literally, this is getting more and more difficult as the days go on because the cost of everything is rising as we're seeing. And we've been told today, by the way, by uh, Declan Power, the economist, that this could last two to three years. They could, this could go on, or sorry, Jim Power, that this could go on for some time. And In other words, it's not just going to stop next month or the month after and go back to the way it was because the economy has been permanently damaged by what's happening, particularly in Ukraine at the moment in relation to the price of goods, the price of oil, the price of everything. So we're going to have to deal with this. I mean, Switzerland, for example, have just adjusted its mandatory second pillar pensions to inflation uh, from 2022. And that's something we should be doing as well as looking after the elderly. We should automatically be rising their pensions in line with inflation, but we're not doing that. But, but you see, often at the time, then they talk about the grants that they're giving. In other words, that they're hitting us and crippling us with more carbon taxes to take the money from us, to give it back again. In yeah, but that doesn't make an awful lot of sense, but, does but it? it makes, but it makes no sense. But the other point that I want to make is their whole, um, the whole idea of what they're trying to achieve is bankrupt. And I'll tell you why. They're telling us we should use more and more electricity. We should have electric cars. We should have electric underfloor heating. We should have electric and everything. And now more than ever before, they're producing less and less electricity. They're ensuring that we're going to rely on France. We're going to rely well, on... Eamon Ryan suggests by 2025 he will have that sorted out that we will be producing, uh, that the ESB network suggested that they will be upgrading the whole infrastructure to produce more electricity. And, but where, no, that, that's rubbish. That's the same as the south-facing... Uh, windowsills with the lettuce <laughs> growing inside them and that's where we're going to get your next dinner from. That's what he told us at the start of the pandemic. Well, enjoy this t- time and plant the lettuce and, and eat, the, eat your food then and everything will be fine. I mean, when I hear nonsense, I call it out as nonsense. 
when I hear rubbish, I call it out as rubbish. And this thing of that all of a sudden, BSB, the power is going to appear from nowhere by 2025. That's rubbish. Okay, so, and by the way, Michael, you have called it out many times and I've listened to you with the dog. Actually, I I need to bring this up because I haven't had an opportunity to talk to you because you have called it out and described it as airy-fairy and I would describe it as airy-fairy as well, by the way, which is something that my mother would, a word my mother would have used all the time. Can I ask you, and I know you're not prepared for me asking this question, and I heard you on RTE, by the way, trying to defend yourself, and I thought you were given a very unfair run at it, um, and I, I thought I thought it came across as very biased. But anyway, I thought you said what you said in total innocence, and watching back on that video, your expression on your face when Leo Varadkar told you to examine what you had said or reflect on what you had said, you looked completely confused because you had no idea what he was even insinuating. How has how has that made you feel since then, in the last two weeks since that happened? That must have been a bit of a, a knock for you to think that for one minute that, you know, it was suggested that you were trying to be homophobic. Well, for any person to pick up something that I would say in that way, number one, it was totally unfair because the, that word, airy-fairy, I've had it checked since. It has been used 314 times in the Dáil, both in the Dáil, in the Shannad, and at Oireachtas Committees. 300. I, I can tell you, it gets used more than that in this radio station on a regular basis by particularly but, people of an older generation who would have used that term. But all of a sudden, when I used it during a debate in a very genuine way, I had only used it two weeks beforehand during a finance debate. And I I have a habit of saying airy fairies, or another thing is you're away with the airy fairies yeah. with that ID. Or you're away with the fairies. That's yeah. that was another term that's been said on a regular basis. I don't mean to insult or offend anybody, of and you, you know as good as anybody else. I would never get up in the morning and want to insult any man, woman or child about anything. I'll fight with the person, I'll debate, I'll stand my ground and I'll, I'll, I'll speak have up. You, have, I, yeah, but have you spoken to, to Leo since then to, to find out exactly why for one minute he thought that you were being homophobic? Because I don't know why he was playing the victim on that particular day because obviously he got into a heated debate and robust debate with you. But have you spoken to him? Because I know you were on Live Line the following day and I listened to it and and I basically thought that you were cornered on live line, and I thought it was very unfair the way you were treated personally. Um, but in saying that, that's just my view of it because I have a completely view, different view than Joe Duffy obviously has. And I think most of the country, because we ran a Twitter poll and we asked, you know, did you think that Michael Healy Ray was being offensive? And I think ninety-eight percent of people said no. So, I mean, why do you think it became such a big issue? It was headlines in the paper for two days. Well, 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 what it did was it certainly deflected from what I was highlighting, and that was the energy crisis. I wanted to highlight to the tarnished the fact that we didn't have enough energy security for the future and that we should have an LNG facility, even if it was to be non-commercial, to ensure that we would have enough gas and electric supplies for the future, which is what we were actually talking about before we came on to this subject. Mm. But I appreciate very much being given the opportunity on a radio station that is fair to me, and that and like if you have something tough to tackle me about, no problem in the world. Oh, I've done that but, in the past, but, yeah, and I have no problem with that. And if I do something wrong. I have no problem in the world of going to a radio station and saying, well, this is what I did. And, and you know, the words be held to account. I have no problem with that. But it's very wrong to wrong somebody. And if anybody out there really thinks that I got out that morning to, you know, to upset anybody because of 
you know what I call it, this thing of boys and girls, but what I call that is a person's private business. And while I can take on any politician in Ireland about their, their policies and about what they do and their political actions, that's my job. But for me to be what we call roving into the realm of boys and girls and their relationship, I want to have nothing whatsoever to do with anybody's personal business or comment on it. But you, but you were a victim of political correctness, weren't you? Well, 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 I was. But you see, look, last year we had a, a government minister who stood up and said that, for instance, the word land should stop being used in the way that it was. I'll give you an example. We have a newspaper in Kerry, a very excellent publication. It's called The, the Caravan. Caravan newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. A, a great paper. And they were told that they should consider the use of the name and that they should look at changing it to the Kerry person. So at that time... I'm trying to, I'm said, trying to remember which politician it was that actually said that. And if I, mm. it, was, it was a lady politician. And she came out and she said it at the time. And I challenged her and I said, well, in that case, there is a, a round circular thing that is on all our roads. It's where you access the drainage and the... You mean the person the hole? The person and, hole. <laughs> yes, and that is called a manhole. And what I said, so, well, if you were to take this argument to its logical conclusion, when the men are working on those holes, they should call lads, we must lift that person's hole there and go down into the drainage <laughs> and free the, the drainage. I, I think it up. was actually Josepha Madigan, from, from what I it remember. Was, yes, it was. Who, who had said that. And, and, and it was Josephia, a ridiculous and, 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 and Josephia, again, is a very excellent politician. Absolutely. And, and when I'm critical of her in this, I'm just being critical of that one issue. She's an excellent politician and a great worker for her constituency. And I acknowledge that and a very nice lady. But but what she came out with was ridiculous, was nonsensical, didn't make sense, and I certainly was glad to block it and stop it and obstruct it in every way I could. And if, I, if I remember rightly, actually, I think I was on TV3 on the same night with you, actually, when you talked about that. But yeah. I, anyway, uh, Michael, it's been lovely talking to you once again, and I, I can now understand why most people in Kerry vote for you, uh, because, because you're certainly a people person. And I'm glad we cleared up the airy-fairy bit anyway. I mean, yes. because and I'm glad I had an opportunity to talk to you about it, because I was actually seething when I heard you on the radio trying to defend yourself against what I believed was a completely innocent remark and it brings back memories of my mother who passed away about seven years ago it was a word that she used on a regular basis on a regular basis she would say very and Niall, if I ever come out with anything politically that you or your listeners disagree with, I'd be looking forward to you bringing me on and accusing me of being gone away with the area. And, and you know I've done that in the past too, Michael. That's right, which uh, is no problem. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed. I know you have to get back to the doll there. Thank, thanks very much indeed, Michael thank Healy-Ray. I appreciate you coming on the air. Uh, of course, Michael was on talking about this unworkable, nonsensical suggestion by the Green Party uh, that everybody share cars. Look, if you can share cars, well and good. If you have a mate that lives next door to you or down the road and you happen to be going to the same place and you happen to like the guy or the girl and you get on well together, sure wouldn't you save money by jumping into the same car together? Sure, why wouldn't you want to do it? But, you know, in rural Ireland, that just isn't practical. And Michael Healy Ray is calling it out as it is. I can't argue with the man because he's 100% right. And I believe some of the nonsense that's coming out of the Green Party at the moment, it shows their complete disconnect from society. Anyway, I wanted to talk, speaking of nonsense... <laughs> Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.